Happy Friday, theater lovers. This week's guest is Jan Walker-Holt. We chat about paying your dues as a director, why one should maybe understand emojis if they want to do improv, and how much fun cameo roles can be. Jan is warm, matter-of-fact, and is living proof that blondes and character actors have more fun. On with the show. Awesome. Well, welcome, Jan Walker-Holt. To Sarnia Famous. Yay! Woo! Yeah. So excited that you're here with me today. Uh, you're you're a product or um, uh, proactive and you sent me a bunch of pictures that were I was so delighted. I noticed there was a wicked witch photo in there. Yes. And I wanted to immediately one of my favorite roles, the character yeah. role. Yeah. So tell me about about that experience. Well, that was with uh, Theatre Kent in Chatham, and uh, The Wicked Witch of the West is just a fabulous part, and I was washing the green out of my ears for months <laughs> after, so, you know, that's what you do, and the picture I sent you has the prosthetic nose and chin on, and you could see that from close up, but obviously from far away in the audience, you couldn't see that it was, you know, not a real wart or whatever, but uh, that that was a really good show to work on I got to get close to the dog because mm. I was supposedly going to cook and eat the dog <laughs> so I was able to you know have fun with the dog and uh, play with it and I remember on one scene I ran in and they shot off the the fireworks the pyrotechnics and I ran in and swirled around in the smoke and um, I whacked some of the munchkin kids with my broom <laughs> And of course, when you're being evil and horrible, you can't, you can't bend apologize. down and go, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> no. So you, I just had to ignore them. And I'm sure those kids looked at me later and told their parents how mean I was. But no, those are the, those are the, like, the best schools ever where you get to, uh, you know, climb up a crooked stairway backwards and there's a big puff of smoke and you, and they throw the water on you and you like, uh, sink down the stairway backwards and then you're gone and say oh that was good you know I did it it worked out I think I yeah. must have got real lucky because I didn't have to walk backwards on staircases or be doused with water you know what because there was smoke this the staircase was a little uneven but because there was smoke there was a person inside it helping my feet guiding my feet up uh -huh. because I couldn't see so, so as I put my foot on the stair, they kind of grabbed it to make sure I knew I was okay. It was, yeah, it was, uh, it was wonderful, but it was, you know, just what you do when you're on stage. You do what you have to, right? Wow, yeah, it, yeah. It's the illusion, the illusion, because you've got the smoke, you know, hiding you. Yeah. And how much water are we talking that they chucked on oh, you? Oh, not, not a lot, not a lot. It was just that they have to throw something. Yeah. You know. Yeah, to, to make you melt. Yeah, hmm. yeah. I think I, I think I pretended all of that part, if I remember correctly. But that does feel like a hundred years ago already. Well, I was going to say my memory's bad too. I might be lying, but <laughs> well, it works. I, it works for the story if you're fibbing. It works. That's right. <laughs> um, oh, and I forgot. I um, I got so excited. I wanted to talk to talk about that that I forgot this little piece. I usually try to say at the beginning when if I've had the chance to work with somebody and we worked together on my very very first show 
I have fond memories. You were doing, I can't remember what it's called, but you have the script and you were highlighting, right? The, uh, yes. when you missed a line or when you flubbed up a line, you would highlight it for us. It was one of the Christmas shows you were in, wasn't it? Yeah, it Miracle a- on 34th. Yeah. yeah, it was like book holder or something. Yeah, yeah. And that was, um, that was so helpful and also kind of like funny to see like, oh, today was a good day. I only had a couple of highlighted lines. And then there would be other days where you'd look over and you were like <laughs> trying to keep up with the lines. And people you did a up. wonderful <laughs> job. You, you did a great job. There was not a lot I ha- ever had to say about what you did. And, you know, it's good if you're doing that kind of volunteer work as a book holder or somebody like that to be involved in theater so you kind of know you know what the person's going through and you don't overly correct them because you don't want to upset them and yeah no no you did a great job I remember that it was it's helpful to have that um because you know sure. I, I wanted to always get better with that kind of stuff so yeah. being aware of it um I would think that that would be very challenging just to keep up but then as you said as well trying to understand the balance of what you can give back for feedback without bruising someone or upsetting them to the point where they, I don't know, feel too delicate to keep going. Yeah. And also, I mean, in in some shows, if I've helped someone with their lines, there are different tricks I use that I'm sure, you know, whether you add a physical movement to it to help you remember the word, whether it's I, 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 you know, whatever your line is, if there's something like that that I can help someone remember I know in that show I think there was someone I worked with a little bit to help them uh, kind of remember their lines and add movements to them and I think it helped them a little bit that's a really good idea that's something we learn you know yeah Yeah. pick up the tricks wherever you can for sure yeah right so then okay so then bouncing back I'm all over I'm over here I'm over there um bouncing back to the pictures there was another picture that I it, it looked you had like like big vampire black eyebrows or something like that. Another one of my favorite roles. I was lucky enough to play the evil nanny in Mary Poppins. <gasps> oh. <laughs> and that was a few years ago. I can't remember really what year. But the exciting thing was we brought in a fly tower from Los Angeles. They set up a fly tower. And, of course, everyone remembers Bert and Mary Poppins flying, but no one realizes the evil nanny gets to fly too. So when the director told me I might have an opportunity to fly, I thought, that's a once in a lifetime thing to be able to do that. That was unbelievable. So I went in for training. They brought it in, they set it up. I came in for training. Actually, my brother was here from out west, so they allowed him to come and sit in the audience and watch a little bit of it. And um, the wardrobe department was wonderful adjusting my costume to add the hooks onto the side and of course the height of it has to be correct so I'm not doing somersaults like Bert I'm only going up and down and sideways and whatever and then the the people came in and trained how to hook me up on the certain line I went off stage and got hooked up it was just an unbelievably it's that is a once in a lifetime thing for an actor to ever get to fly oh yeah so yeah and and that and that was that that nanny role where I had makeup on. Yeah. 
Of course, it's the evil characters that catch my eye. I'm like, oh, that looked fun. <laughs> Definitely the character, the character actors. I mean, I'm way too long in the teeth to be playing like lead roles and ingenues, but I don't want to do that anyway because the character roles are so much more fun. Mm -hmm. They're creative. You're you're quick on and off. You just get to be, uh, you know, a quick cameo. So yeah, that was a fabulous role. That was great, and of course, everybody that I worked with on that was wonderful too. So what other roles stand out to you for for those kinds of reasons? You know what? Another once-in-a-lifetime thing is uh, when I worked on The Clean House a few years ago with Holly, was the director, Holly Wenning, and I was the other woman. Where, so there again, I was the, you know, just a, not, I don't mean just, but a supporting role, a great role, just wonderful. All the cast was so good to work with. The crew was so good. We had, you know, you, you have the same backstage crew who helps you climb up on the table. They don't say anything. They know you're getting into character. Like, just a wonderful group of people, just so professional. The Clean House by Sarah Rule is the author, went on to the WODL Festival and won that and went on to Theatre Ontario and won that. And... Uh, just unbelievable, and I do not take any credit whatsoever for that. That was just, <laughs> that was everybody I was working with, and the best thing you can do is work with good people, because you learn so much, you get the energy back from them, and of course, if you ever get a chance to go to the WODL Festival or Theatre Ontario, that's where you learn. The, the shows are put on every night from groups all over. The following day, the adjudicator meets with the people and the rest of us are allowed to go and listen and learn. I remember somebody always saying, when you're learning at one of these festivals, don't complain, don't explain, just learn. You know, you might get a, a, a brand new director and the adjudicator says something about the lighting and they start to explain. Well, you don't need to do that. It's the adjudicator's just offering you uh, you know, an alternate or something that they may be thought of. So it's just such a wonder wonderful learning experience. You learn so much. Every show you see the night before, you talk about it with your friends. You know, you have your own opinion. You go to the adjudication the next morning if you can stumble out of bed in time. <laughs> and, you, and you learn. You sit through that and learn. And they also have lots of good workshops and things too. So being in the clean house with those people, and going on to for the, the recognition and um, just the wonderful experience, that is a once-in-a-lifetime thing, too. That is, I can't imagine anything better. I, I really, I've heard a lot of really good things about the festival and hope that I could go someday. It's changing, I think, a little um, bit. I know, I know when you had Henry on, she talked about how the format's changing a bit. I'm not sure about that, but... Definitely, it's still on, and it's still a wonderful, and workshops, too. They have great workshops, too, on writing and choosing plays and lighting and everything. Yeah, what a good, good thing to have. So, so what's, what's, what's going on in your world for, for theater stuff right now? Well, I'm actually, I'm excited uh, that I'm in one of the one acts. Awesome. So, I'm, I'm working with a, uh, a new, one of our new... Uh, directors up and coming, Brody Fitzpatrick, and he actually has an exciting role in the up and coming Beauty and the Beast. He's playing Cogsworth. 
So that's a fabulous uh, role. I directed that play a few years ago, so all those characters are just wonderful. But uh, yeah, Brody, so Brody is an emerging director, and uh, we're having lots of fun. The actors on the show, some are a little newer, some are more experienced, but it's, yeah, it's lots of fun. And we're going to be performing uh, the last weekend of August. There will be two shows, our two shows, Thursday, Saturday, and the other two for Wednesday, Friday, and Thursday, Saturday. Yeah. Right on. So, so I just caught that you said that you directed Beauty and the Beast. So knowing that you like to have fun getting in costume and being on the stage, do you prefer the stage then? Or, or is it kind of a, a, is your heart pulled in both directions? Um, I think, I think it's okay to do both. I think it's good to do both. Like years ago, I had the lead roles with acting and I'm at the point now where I like the character roles because they're more meaty and and it's an awful thing to say, but there's a lot less to learn, line-wise, right, as you get older. So, yeah, I love, I love good roles that are small and needy. But when you are acting, you need to learn to keep your mouth shut because you're not directing. So I've had to learn that. I learned it the hard way, you know, three decades ago, several cities ago, where I gave someone their line. And I shouldn't have. I should have just let them figure it out. But but you learn, you know, as a new actor, you learn not to do that. But then, and also in with Caledon Town Hall Players, there was a, a director who was supposed to direct, and something happened, I don't remember, but she kind of couldn't do it. And I was on the play reading committee, so I ended up directing that play. And I think that was my first full-length uh, comedy, and that was called Five Tellers Dancing in the Rain, which is a cute little play. And the only stipulation, I mean, you're jumping in and doing another that you haven't chosen, but luckily I liked it, but I did say I wanted my own cast. So I recast it, and there was a bit of um, upset about that, because people were mad that they'd already got a part. And I said, well, I don't know you, you're welcome to come out and try again. But anyway, I recast it, and it was a great thing. But I think sometimes by getting thrown into something like that, it's a good way to to try your hand at directing, you know, or or do a one act first. Mm-hmm. I I directed a few one acts in Chatham and Sarnia because you have to kind of do them. You have to pay your dues, you know, mm-hmm. in, when you're in a new theater group. So yeah, so that that was fun too. So yeah, to answer your question, uh, directing is wonderful too. Uh, directing is good. It's a lot more preparation than people think. I, I sometimes think I prepare too much, but that's okay. That's just how I do it. You know, maybe not everybody does, but I like to kind of know what to expect. I work with, uh, if possible, I work with Andrea Matthews as a stage manager, and she's wonderful. She's just so organized. She reads my mind now, and she uh, lets me talk when it's my turn. And she and I, I'm quiet when she's doing things. So it's uh, it's a really good partnership. Yeah, it's so good to have crew, especially stage managers, but crew that you can rely on. You know, you, the crew is gold. Mm-hmm. I admire that you were willing to be tossed in as the director, and then recognizing that you needed to make it your own and recast and, and make those difficult decisions because ultimately, yeah, that's going to upset some people. And 
too bad. It still has to be something that you, you're putting your name on it, right? And you need course, to have it be according to your vision. So I really admire that. And, and when you said, I may be over prepare, I chuckled because I, I'm accused of that <laughs> a lot in my life. And so I was thinking that would probably have been a good thing in a sense to be chucked into it, to see what you can do more or less on the fly without all of that extra preparation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's true. At least that's what I th would think for myself. And I admire <laughs> that you did it. But but you also have to pay your dues. Yes, yeah. You have to do what needs to be done. I mean, it's the same thing. I've been involved in plays with other theater groups, and you get involved and you say, why didn't I read the script before I tried out for it? Or why didn't I read it all? And the director is awful, or the part is awful, and you say, okay, I, I can't let them down. Like, you have to do it. You're in it. You have to do your best. You have to stick it out. But then you learn. Next time you learn, okay, I need to find out what this play is about. I need to read the script before you go out and try. Mm -hmm. But that's, that's okay. That's how you learn. And you have to make, the, you make that commitment <laughs> and you don't want to let people down, even if it's not quite <laughs> what. And not everybody has that perspective on life, you know, that, that being accountable and, and not letting other people down. I think it's another wonderful trait to have. <laughs> So then I, I remember when I was trying to convince you to come on to the show and I you'd mentioned that Ruth was very convincing and I could see that. And it got me thinking um, when you've been doing theater and you have this consistent group of people, like you were saying, Andrea is somebody that you really trust and you try to seek her out. I imagine, and please correct me if I'm, I have a, I have a fanciful imagination, so correct me if this is incorrect but that you must have a solid theater group of friends that you've developed. Definitely, yes. And that's what you hope to have. Um, well, first of all, they're like your best friends ever. Mm -hmm. You have so much. And Ruth, Ruth and Elizabeth Walton, the three of us are hags. <laughs> we're the three hags from when we were in uh, Christmas Carol together. And we got to have dirty feet and messed up hair and blacked out teeth. Uh, you know, when we were saying the lines. So ever since then, we are the three heads. We call each other the heads in a very affectionate way, of course. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. definitely, you, you have your groups that you rely on. And my husband is good with designing sets. He builds sets. He's built my sets in all the theater groups that I belong to. Um, he's, a, he's actually, considering he's only done like half the plays I have, he's won some awards. For his set designs, yes. What one was? Oh, I can't remember what it was. The Night of the Iguana or something in uh, Chatham. But anyway, for the roof line for it or something. But um, yeah, so you, you want people that you uh, Natalie for set decor. I'm hoping she'll work with me again in a few years. There's a play I'm hoping to direct. So yeah. Okay. It's, um, yes, definitely. You want your group. You can trust because you don't. When you basically, I'm sure you know this, when you're involved in a play, it's three months of three nights a week, three hours a night. So it's the equivalent of a part-time job. So you better get along with these people. <laughs> yes. you, you better like them. You better yep. trust them. You you can't have people there who are moaning and complaining. You can't have people there who are off topic. You can't have people there who are talking about other people behind their back. And we never have. Our group is wonderful. 
and I have to say that about I have to say that about all theater people in general. But you know, ours here, yes, you have a group that you can trust, you feel comfortable, and uh, sure, you you try to go to people that you know you're going to work well with. Yep. But also, I've had some some crew people teach me as well when I would say something, and they'd say. No, you trusted me to do that. You have to let me do it. And I'd say, oh, you're right. Thank you very much. Like, they told me off. And I said, yeah, that's true. If you're doing my costumes, I have to let you do it. I shouldn't be second-guessing things, you know. Being someone that's organized, it would be, I think for myself anyway, it, it would feel difficult to kind of just surrender that. and let and, go. And, yeah, let go. Yes, you, you have to do that, though. And I, I remember at one of the first production meetings, I would say to the people, okay, this is what I want. I would like this, this, and this. But if you get something close to it, if you come up with something better, please do it or please tell me or whatever, because they're thinking about that one aspect more than me. Mm-hmm. And That's they true. will possibly come up with something even better. Hmm. So, you know, I say, this is what I'm thinking, but see what you think because i'm not going to say you know the the lamp has to be five feet high it doesn't have to be you know it can be whatever they find that's a really good point though that they you you're big picture and they are their specializations and so exactly it makes exactly. sense that they might have another that. another reason why you need to trust the people mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. so hubs he builds sets and you were saying that he he builds built sets for shows that you were on did I hear that correctly yeah yeah and also that I directed yeah okay so did you did that become like you know date time together or did did that ever cause heavens no (laughs) oh no I remember I remember in Wallaceburg we'd be trying to rehearse I forgot what it was called the tap dancing one and he'd, he'd be there just because he drove me and he was, you know, chatting with people behind the scenes or do, supposed to be doing some other backstage work. And he'd be like standing on the set, getting in the actor's way, drilling. And the director and the director would have to say, uh, Robin, thank you for helping, but no, you can't do that now. So, no, it, I, it always goes well when other people tell him what to do because he doesn't listen to me. So. so, no, it's definitely not date night. He would end things. Building sets here, he would like do them at a different time than me anyway. You know, right. it would be in afternoons or something. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> oh heavens, no, that was funny. There you go. And when, just before we we got started uh, with the call, you were mentioning doing calls with your kids. Is theater something that your kids are involved in as well? No, actually, not too much. I'm sure all the time they were growing up, I embarrassed them by uh you know by the antics that i had but i have to tell you one story oh please i will i will tell anytime i get a chance okay and that is you know how kids go to school and i honestly can't remember which one of my kids did this so i will attribute it to both of them because they're both wonderful obviously they're both my favorite but anyway you know how kids go to school and they their teachers ask them what their parents do for a job well, they asked, they said what my husband did, you know, at the time. And they said, and what did your mother do? And they said, she's an actress. Oh. <laughs> and I went, oh, my, 
that's fabulous. That's what he thinks of me. You know, I was in an office at the time and he oh. didn't think, oh, she talks on the phone or she types in here or she sells things to people in the office. He said, she's an actress. And I thought, oh, I love that kid. <laughs> Extra presents <Yeah>. at Christmas. <laughs> exactly. That would be so good for the ego, I would think. It was. It was just so good that that's what they think of me. But they never caught that bug to be in the theater themselves. Not really. I mean, like for like if I've had a birthday party, they've they've written a rap song and come and sang it to me. You know, funny things like that. But no, they don't have the bug of performing on stage or anything like that. No, but that's okay. That's interesting. It seems to be one way or the other with with families. Either everybody does it right from the top down to the bottom. Or there's one person that does it, or two, you know what I mean? Like it's a, an all or nothing thing, it seems. Yeah. So, uh, so obviously, you were saying you have a show coming up that you want to direct. I'm guessing you probably can't tell me what that show is. Nope, that's true. Okay, I had to try. Um, hmm. Was, wasn't that a good answer? That was very good. You were quick, too. But I, but I will tell you that it's a comedy. Okay. And uh, I do, I think I direct comedies pretty well. They're, I just love them. It's funny how I think you go through, you go through stages and I started out with farces. Mm. Our, a farce was my favorite thing. Ray Cooney is the ultimate um, playwright for farces. And at some point, I kind of realized I didn't really like all the farces jumping in and out of bed because that involved uh, people fooling around on each other, which, of mm. course, that's what it is. And I don't really like that that much. So then my favorite farce is Funny Money, which I directed not too many years ago. And, oh, man, it's be and it involves money instead of sex is what the farce is related to. And it is like the best farce ever. So that one, I would not direct, well, I might direct it again, but it was like the best thing ever. It was so good. I remember... There was a scene where two of the actors have to do a quick change, and one of the I, when I say a, sorry a quick um, action, and one of them had to throw a suitcase up the stairs to the other, a few steps up, and at the same time the other one dropped the vase or something, and then the other one caught it. And I made these actors do that ten to fifteen times every rehearsal to warm up for the rehearsal. Mm -hmm. And by the time they, they, that they went on stage, they could do it with their eyes closed. Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh, that was just, the timing was just fabulous. So anyway, Funny Money is a great um, farce if you ever get a chance to see it. So then yeah. why, what is it about comedies that appeals to you and why, why is it that you think that they're something that you're good at? I think you have to have a certain, um, I'm not saying I'm good at this, but Comedies are so good because they, so many people react to them. Mm. People see themselves in, mm -hmm. in them. Whether you're talking about a Neil Simon or Norm Foster, you know, any of the good relationship, comedy, playwright, you see, if not yourself, you see other people in them. They're so relatable. The dialogue is so real. The characters are, are not caricatures. They're real people. I think they're just especially for a new director, they're like the easiest thing to do. I mean, you can't go wrong. Hmm. If you don't have people tripping over each other, if you want to try to direct 
you know, a little one at, go for um, Beside Myself or whatever that one is that um, Norm Foster, he wrote a couple of short ones, go for um, Daniel, I forget his last name, this is a play, Daniel McIver, any of those good comedies, just try a short one first. Mm. You can't go wrong. I mean, <laughs> you, the most important thing, of course, is casting. Mm. You want to make sure you cast the right people for the role. Mm-hmm. You know, not only do they fit together, they work together well, but they're, they have the capabilities. And um, I don't know, I just really like the feel-good shows. I think one of um, the favorite one that I directed um, here in Sarnia was the Dixie Swim Club a few mm-hmm. years ago. And Ruth, I think, mentioned that. She was in it. Yeah, several other just wonderful actors. And that not only had comedy, it had physical comedy. And it had some really good poignant scenes where I had a couple people and we worked on a closed set. Like we got rid of everyone else, sent everyone else home, and the two of them worked on it. And it was just so good to have them. It's You don't always find a good script like that, but if you're a director, you're always looking. You're always looking for something that is going to mean something to the audience they're going to relate to. And also the actors need to be challenged by it and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. It needs to be, they, they want to grow as well. Mm-hmm. So um, I think the Dixie Swim Club was probably the most, the most wonderful experience I had directing. The crew that we had with us, we trusted the crew, the set. Ian, Ian Alexander was in a swimming pool in his clothing videotaping promos with the actors. The actors were in a swimming pool doing some of their lives, drinking fake booze, you know, just having fun. And that was the promo he did. Like, it's just unbelievable the things you can do, you know, when you've got a, a good uh, a good group of people and a good play to work with. I got to see uh, Ruth sent me, a, I think it was Ruth sent me a link of the show and I got to see the promo that, or one of them, anyways. And it, I'm, I'm sad that I wasn't around for that show because it was a powerhouse of, of a cast. And oh, it was, yeah, it was. Looked like a lot of fun. So yeah. when you were, you said before that casting is extremely important for comedies. I assume it's, it's integral in general. And it made me curious if you're casting for a show and you have two actors or actresses in front of you for one role and they're both really really good how do you go about making your choice you choose the one that is going to interact the best with the other people Mm. and bottom line i mean if you don't really know that you have to audition them again you have to you know you have to give them other lines to try something more difficult. You also have to take into account if they will work well with everyone else, right? Because we are having a good experience. Well, yeah, you do have to take that into account too. If it's exactly 50-50. That's difficult. You have to do your best. Yeah, I think it would be. I've always been happy with my casting. I've always been very lucky getting good people. I think that, to me, that also says on the other side of things that you are good at it. If there's never problems, like you've got good people coming out for the roles too, but certainly if you've never had problems with it, you've got the right intuition, the right gut feeling, whatever it is, to choose the people that are best suited for the role. Yes, and you have to be careful too because you might 
you try not to have anyone in mind ahead mm. of time, and you can't. And some people, you know, they they have a role in mind, and you let them try it. And you, if you have them in mind for another role, you you ask them to try that too. So you have to be very careful to be to stay impartial, because you, it's amazing how sometimes somebody comes in and they just blow you away with maybe even a, a different interpretation mm-hmm. of what you thought. But if they get a chance to read the sides at home, they might have come up with something different and they might come in and you might say, whoa, okay, that character would be great like that. Oh, that person can do it. Another story I will tell you. Sorry. I love Please, I love stories. Anytime. Go for it. There was, I was, um, it was actually one of the, I better not say what the play was or what the, I won't say what the actor was, but there was a play that it was a one act that I was doing in Chatham to sort of um, prove myself that it, I could direct, even though I'd done dozens before. But that's okay. I didn't mind at all. It was fun. And uh, the person came in and auditioned, and I said, okay, now I would like you to do it this way. Like, really angry or whatever. I'd like you to do it this way. And she said, well, I, I was an English teacher in school, and I taught this play, so I know what the playwright intended, and that's not what she would have wanted. So I don't I can't understand why you would have wanted me to act it that way. And I said, and she didn't know me, like I was nobody to her. And I said, and she was a big thought in the theater. And I said, well, I just want to see if you're directable. <laughs> and she said, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, okay, no problem. <laughs> Needless to say, she didn't get the role. <laughs> I love that. It, was, it wasn't rude. It was... It's true. It's just it's a true. fact. Just stating it's a true. fact. Somebody might do something wonderfully, but you, even if it's what you kind of do like, you tell them to do it differently because you want to see if they're directable. See, yeah. If they do it the second time exactly the same, you're in trouble. Yeah. yeah, yeah if yeah. they won't try what you suggest, you're in trouble. Yeah. Right? So, anyway, that that was funny. It's, it's funny because, I mean, auditions are horrifyingly terrifying they are absolutely just oh so scary in my terror like thinking of uh miracle when we were asked to do a role in a different way i felt like that kind of diffused things a little bit because then it became more about playing it around and and trying something different with your scene partner or trying something different with a monologue on your own and I was relieved by that opportunity of play and 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 trying something different. That's good. I guess that's, that's just... good. You never know when the director will say, yeah, holy cow, I didn't think of that. Yes, keep that in. Yeah. And, and I will do that sometimes. If I'm directing and someone does something and I like it, I yell, yeah, keep that in. Do it. And then they look at me and I say, just keep going. Oh, okay. <laughs> But, but it, I want to, like, encourage them, give them energy, and ho- hopefully they'll know what they did and they can do it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then in terms of improv, uh, what are your opinions on that, both as a director and as an, an actress? Improv is wonderful. You know what? I think for people with a bit of a younger brain, when I was younger, I took some improv classes in Toronto. And I did improv, and I would not attempt it now because I don't think I 
I don't think I think quickly enough. Mm. And the other thing is I'm not up on all the latest things in the world. I was buying a t. I wanted to buy a T-shirt, and it said vegan, vegan AF. Mm-hmm. And I asked someone, "What does AF mean?" Because I didn't know. Just because I'm not up in what's going on in the world. And at the Pride Festival, the someone had a sign, and it said, "Don't give me." And it was um, uh, an eggplant. And I said, "Okay, I think I know what this means." And I said it out loud, and the girl was just rolling on the floor laughing. She said, I can't believe somebody your age said that. And I said, oh, did I say it too loud? <laughs> so those are the kinds of things that I'm not really up on. I'm not, I'm not up on all the latest things. So, no, I would not, I, I would not attempt improv. I have utmost respect for someone who can do improv. The number one rule with improv is you always say yes. If someone asks you something, if someone suggests something, you never say no because then you shut down any future opportunities. You always say yes. And if you open a window, you always close it. You know, things like that. But anyway, yeah, that's yeah, utmost um, respect for people who can do improv. Oh, I will tell you, though, being in, oh, it was The Sound of Music. I was on stage in Theatre Kent, and this is a common story, so I won't say who the guy was. But there was a guy backstage playing cards and missed his entrance. So there he was backstage playing cards with people and uh, I was on stage with someone and we waited and waited and he didn't come on and finally I just kept talking and saying, oh, what do you think the children are going to wear today? Oh, the children look lovely and the guy, the other guy's laughing and talking back to me. Finally, the guy ran on stage from the bedroom instead of the doorway where oh, he should have no. come back. and he had a swastika on upside down on his arm. Uh-oh. So, and that was probably about a minute and a half, Ugh. which seems like forever. On stage, absolutely. Living. Oh, my it goodness. It seems like forever. But I remember I was young enough it didn't even phase me. I think it would now. I think I'd be coming off now soaked in sweat. Uh, yeah. But back, back then it was just interesting. It was fun. He and the other actor and I, you know, neither of us left. And left dead space. We stayed on there and kept talking until someone got the guy. But that's ad libbing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's amazing the stories you have when you've been in theater for three or four decades. Do you have then? Okay, this is one of my favorite questions. I'm not sure why, but it's one of my favorites. Do you have any funny or horrifying, whatever stories in general about costume malfunctions? Yes, I do. Okay. Well. If you well, it's just a small story. If you've been involved in theater, you do. And one of them was, oh, it was um, the the Christmas one where they show him the way and he is happy at the end. I can't remember what it's. Called. Oh, a lot of those. Scrooge, ones are the that. one with Scrooge in it. The no, the not the Scrooge. Another one. I'll think of it later. But anyway, I was on stage, uh, down left, standing there in a dress. And I said my line, and my slip fell down on the floor <laughs> from from underneath my dress and puddled at my feet. Oh, no. I hit my line, I stepped sideways, picked it up, balled it into my armpit, and walked off stage. Good for you. Without a oh, blink. What else are you going to do? What else are you going to do? Oh, you have to do no it. Idea. Oh, my goodness. The other, thi- the other thing you learn when you're on stage is that if something falls on the floor that isn't supposed to be there, pick it up. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, someone will slip on it. Uh, well, no, the audience is just going to stare. At oh, it. yeah, that too. 
they know it isn't supposed to be there. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's nothing wrong with picking it up, whether you're the woman of the house or the man of the house or a guest, you just pick it up. It's like, it's like when the phone rings when it isn't supposed to. And you, and you just say, not now, we're busy, and you put it down. You know, like you just have to handle it. Yeah. You don't just ignore the phone ringing. No, you have to make it stay within <laughs> the realm of reality. And if there's a phone yeah. ringing, it's going to be answered. Yeah, even though it wasn't supposed to be ringing. So then as yeah. a as a director then if these things like how, how do you feel about when when people go off script or or uh, improvise in one of your shows Well <clears throat> they aren't supposed to they're supposed to stick to the script um ideally you're word perfect and not only because you're honoring the playwright but you also have to make it easy for your fellow actors to be able to say their lines mm -hmm. You know, if you don't say, what color are my shoes, they they can't say, oh, I like your blue shoes. Like, you have to try to follow it just mm -hmm. to be, and, and it, you know, it's everything. It's the cadence, the lines, the um, crew needs to know when to make the phone ring. You have to try to, ideally, you stick to the script as well as you can. Absolutely. Yeah. As a show of yeah. respect. If you need, of course it is. If you need to run some some Italians in between to get the lines down, down, down. You know, you can't have trucks driving between the lines. You have to you have to get the lines snappy and quick and obviously clear and everything as well. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, you, it's very important to have your lines, obviously. That's an excellent answer. Thank you. Uh, so we are getting to that point already. I can't even believe it. It's flown by. I know it always it always happens. Oh, it flies by so fast. You are just so wonderful. Your oh smile my is gosh, lovely. you are lovely too. This has been fun. It does. It feels. I love one on ones. It just feels like a little. And I, I just I love your tiara. Oh. And your and your fangs. They look really <laughs> good. How do you like mine? Very nice. Very nice. Oh, good. Oh, good. <laughs> um, I usually try to leave a little bit of time though, just a few minutes to give the person an opportunity to talk about anything at all. It could be, you know, a side hustle, an Etsy page, a fundraiser that you're um, involved in, anything that's close to your heart. It doesn't have to be theater related, anything at all. Well, uh, I just, I just want to say we've lived in a couple of different cities. We've moved around because of my husband's work. And I have to say every city we moved to, we joined the theater group. If you are, if you feel lonely or shy or whatever, get involved in theater. They are such a welcoming group of people. You, there's no other hobby or interest that you are friends with all the different generations so that you learn what an eggplant means, you know, things like that. But also that, that the, Everyone is open and optimistic and creative and welcoming. Every group, if you, if you ever want, and if you volunteer, like if you are worried about things in your life, if you're a little bit down, volunteer, help someone else. Oh, boy, that really makes you realize that you got it good, with me anyway. You know, it's happened a couple of times, like it does with people. But you're, you know, you're with other people. They're, theater people are the best people ever. They're the best people you would ever want to meet. That's for sure. Well said. What a beautiful way to end the episode. Thank you very Thank much. You.
Thank you. I'm delighted that I finally convinced you, and thank you, Ruth, if you're listening, for helping me out. <laughs> uh, yeah, thank you very much uh, for being here today, and uh, hopefully I'll get to see you in real life soon. Thank you, Dallas. I hope I get to see you soon. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Okay, kids, that's all for this week. Thanks for listening. Next week's guest is the lovely Andrea Hughes-Coleman.